You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. supplant this word. Don't go looking to add to this word. Don't go looking for some vast experience that's going to do this and that. Don't go looking for some exciting esoteric experience that nobody else will see except you. Stay close to the field of redemption. Don't go looking for outside things. Never ever fall for the Jesus plus movement. Because it's Jesus, only Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. Some people don't think that having a relationship with Jesus is enough to satisfy them. They often think that there must be more to life than just following Jesus. In today's message, Pastor Dave will explain that Jesus is all you need, not recognition or possession, just Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 2 as he begins his message, A Piece of God's Grace. Open up to Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2. Hope you've been enjoying our study in the book of Ruth. I certainly have. It's been a lot of fun. So, a few weeks ago, we started the book of Ruth. And we said that this was a story of love. This is a love story. We said it was a story of redemption. And we said that it was a story of harvest. And all these things can be seen throughout this glorious, wonderful book. But the book of Ruth is also a picture book. It's a picture book. You remember, I don't know which study it was, it might have been all three. But as we spoke, we talked about types in the Old Testament. How in the Old Testament, there were figures, people, who we look at, and they become types for us. In other words, they resemble the actions by other people. The Bible calls them pictures, or foreshadows of that which is to come. Types, as we go there, are meant to enhance the reading. They're meant to help us understand more. Make some things clear. Types don't prove the text, they clarify the text. When we look at a type, and we're going to look at the types today, we have these prophetic images that are before us. Certainly, we're going to know that Boaz is a type of Christ. But Boaz is not Christ. Boaz is not the pre-incarnate Christ. He is a man, or was a man had like passions as we do. He was born in sin. However, he becomes a picture for us. So I don't want to get you confused. I don't want to get you confused at that. These are foreshadows of that which is to come. Remember when we studied Romans a little while ago? We said in, in verse 4 of chapter 15, 
It says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that lost my place. That we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So in these things, we see these types. We see these, these pictures. It's also mentioned in Colossians 2.17. It's also mentioned in Hebrews 9.11 and Hebrews 10.1. That these were foreshadows. The law was a foreshadow of what was to come in Jesus Christ. It's not that those laws were bad. They were simply shadows of things to come. And the substance was Jesus Christ. So as we look at these things, the shadow isn't a bad thing. And sometimes these shadows tell you a lot. But the shadow is not the substance, as I said before. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, they're not the substance of the real thing. They are shadows, foreshadows of, of the thing, the old covenant and the law were not themselves bad or evil, but they're incomplete and insufficient to bring total cleansing of sin. And they're insufficient to save. So as we look at the book of Ruth, we can see these types, these foreshadows. For example, as I wrote these things down, when I look at Elimelech and Naomi, to me, they represent the epitome of the nation Israel. They represent the epitome of nation Israel. They had all the blessings of God. They were of the tribe of Judy, Judah. They lived in Bethlehem, the house of bread, but they were discontent with what God had given them. They were looking and searching for other things to answer their problems instead of trusting in a God who had provided for their people from day one. So to me, they represent Israel, and it was the time of the judges, and Elimelech and his family did what they thought was right in their own eyes. They left seeking security. They left the security of God's protection and they went seeking other ways, perhaps even seeking other gods. We don't know. But God dealt severely with them. And Naomi's attitude upon returning summed it up. She said, call me Mara, call me bitter. Because at this time in Israel, Israel was bitter towards God. And they were in rebellion against God. So these two pictures to me become a, a type of Israel, if you will. I think we see that in the nation Israel today. They're in the same position. I believe the nation Israel is far from God. I mean, where are their sacrifices? Where, are there, where is anything happening there that is of any, any, any spiritual value? They're not trusting God. They're not serving God. Today, Israel is still waiting for the Messiah. I've told you before, in Israel and in, in Jerusalem, you know how they have signs on the buses? Well, in Jerusalem, some of their buses say, the Messiah is coming. Oh, how right they are. Oh, how right they are. So I believe that Elimelech and Naomi represent, for me, a type of Israel. Now, enter Ruth, bankrupt, poor, a foreigner. She's entering Israel hopeless. To me, she becomes a foreshadow of us. She becomes a foreshadow of us, strangers, foreigners. We didn't have an inheritance with God. We were strangers from the covenants of God. We were far off from God and had no hope. Until Christ came to draw us back and to bring us back to God. Boaz, you know, is a kinsman redeemer. He is obviously a picture of Christ. Through him we see God's grace as he extends it to a Gentile, Ruth. 
And just like Jesus, God's God's grace has now been extended to us Gentiles. We have been redeemed. We've been bought with a price. We've been blood bought. And through his blood, we who are once far off have been brought near. It's interesting that as I was studying this, one of the commentators I read pointed out something and said that the commitment Ruth had to Naomi was a picture of the commitment that we Gentiles should have towards Israel. Interesting. Commitment towards Israel. Very interesting. So we have before us a great picture book. A great picture book that we're looking through, and it's a picture of God's grace. It's a picture of God's grace that is clearly shown to us through this text. Ruth and Naomi had returned home from Beth- to Bethlehem. And as I said, Ruth on one hand was bitter, call me Mara. I mean, excuse me, Naomi was bitter, call me Mara, she said. But Ruth, she was eager to start over. Ruth was eager. She had a new relationship. She had a new people. And most of all, she had a new God. And he was the one true living God. He was the one true living God, which he told Naomi, your God will be my God. So she had this newness. She had a new beginning within her. Last week we saw as Ruth asked permission from Naomi to go into the fields to glean. She goes and she just happens to glean in the fields of Boaz. And we'll pick it up in verse 5 in chapter 2. Whereas Boaz takes notice of her. Chapter 5, then Boaz said to a servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please, Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. And we had talked about this this servant. And again, we likened him to a type of the Holy Spirit gathering a bride for Christ. We likened him to Eliezer who went out from Abraham and gathered a bride for Isaac. Boaz takes notice of her. And as we pick it up in verses 8 and 9, Boaz speaks to Ruth for the first time. And what we said here was that God always makes the first move. Grace always makes the first move. While we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his love for us. Jesus died on a cross. God made the first move. Remember, relationship is man trying to get, I mean, excuse me, religion is man's trying to get to God, or relationship is God. Coming to man. Look at 8 and 9. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young woman, what the young men have drawn. I love the way Boaz sees her and he's very gentle with her. He calls her daughter. Now this is a term of endearment. This is a term of endearment. Although he was older than she, this was a term of endearment, much like 
don't know if you're thinking of the same thing that I thought of, but much like when Jesus turned around and the woman with the issue of blood reached and touched the hem of his robe, and she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. And he turned around and looked at her and said, daughter. And it was a term of endearment when he spoke to her. I imagine her heart broke because nobody had ever spoke to her that way. I wonder how long it's been since somebody spoke this gentle and this way to Ruth. When we hear the voice of the Lord, it was gentle. It's a still, small voice. It's a gentle voice. It's not a rough voice. I've said before, he's not up there with a wooden spoon waiting to smack me upside the head. He wants to love me and show me his love. It's a still, small voice. Boaz wanted to treat her as mem members of the family. And it's interesting, Boaz, being a type of Christ, wants to treat Ruth, this Gentile, as members of a family. And we know John 1.12, to as many as received him, received Christ, he's given them the right to become sons of God, sons and daughters. God was blessing Ruth. He was blessing her. And his providential hand had led her right into Boaz's field. Because we read before that she was gleaning in other fields and she just happened to come into Boaz's field. And she came there. Notice that Boaz says, don't glean from any other field. Boaz wants to keep her close. He wants to keep her close. He said, stay close and receive the blessing. Stay close and have companionship with the other female servants. Stay close for protection. Nobody's going to harm you. None of the men will bother you. Stay close and be refreshed. If you're thirsty, get something to drink for yourself. Stay close. God wants us to stay close to him. God wants us to stay ever close to him. And when we get in trouble is when we wander far off into somebody else's field. When we wander far off where we're not supposed to be. Sometimes when I get myself in trouble, I'm in a place where I'm not supposed to be. What a picture of what is being said to us today. What a picture here. Stay close. Stay close, Ruth. What a picture here is being said to us today. In other words, what I'm getting from this is don't go looking for other theological truths. There's only one truth and it's right here in God's word. Don't go looking to supplant this word. Don't go looking to add to this word. Don't go looking for some vast experience that's going to do this and that. Don't go looking from some exciting esoteric experience that nobody else will see except you. Stay close to the field of redemption. Don't go looking for outside things. Never ever fall for the Jesus plus movement. Because it's Jesus, only Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. The Jesus plus movement says, well, you got to have this. Well, that Jesus is okay, but you got to have this too. Told you about the story about B's cousin, the priest who came down and talked to us after we were saved. We were talking about Jesus. And he sat there for a long time and heard our testimonies and saw our great love for Jesus Christ and, and saw all this wonderful thing. And I'll never forget these words, and they've stuck with me all these years. And he said to us, said to my wife and I, this Jesus thing is okay. But remember, you're always Catholic. And I looked him in the eye and said, that's hard to do because I was never Catholic. <laughs> but see, it's the Jesus plus movement. Jesus plus the Catholic church. 
Jesus plus works, Jesus plus this, when it's only ever Jesus. Stay close to the redemption. We should spend our days marveling in the grace of God. Have you ever marveled in the grace of God? Have you ever spent your days marveling in that and gleaning all that he has? Gleaning all that he might have for you? It is very interesting to me that in spite of this girl's past, she was an idol worshiper. She was an enemy of Israel. God speaks to her through his grace and shows her great love and tenderness. Tender, caring. She has probably never experienced this before in her lives. And I venture to say, if you've had that kind of experience with God when you were saved, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In spite of her past, in spite of my past, in spite of my past, he has shown me grace for salvation and continues to give me guidance for the Holy Spirit for every day of my life. Just as Boaz instructed Ruth, so the Lord shares with us his wisdom through his word. One commentator said, quote, He is the Lord of the harvest, and he assigns the fields for us to glean. Christ does that for us. I see Boaz being tender with her, telling her, stay close, stay in my fields. He's being tender with her. And in verse 10, Ruth reacts appropriately. Look what Ruth does. Verse 10. She fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Some of us might have said, It's about time somebody noticed me. And standing around all day picking up these stupid sheaves, putting them in a bag, and nobody said anything to me. About time somebody came and said something, or else I'm wasting my time. It's not what she says. She bowed down. She gave him respect. She gave him courtesy. She didn't give him attitude. She gave him courtesy. Her response was in humility and gratitude. I don't know about you, but when I marvel at the grace of God, when it's shown to me, sometimes I have a real difficult time believing and accepting it. And I say, Lord, you know me. Look what I've done. It's difficult sometimes to accept God's enormous gift of grace. Because nobody knows you like you and God know you. And it's difficult sometimes to accept God's grace. Ruth knew her standing as a Moabite. She knew that God, the God of Israel, had cursed her people. She was a foreigner. She had no right in her. She was blown away by Boaz's statement. And I'm sure when we think about it, we're blown away by God's never-ending grace too. I know I am. I'm deeply affected by it sometimes, especially when I see all the things that he's doing around here at Calvary Chapel. I go, Lord, I understand what you're doing, but what the heck am I doing? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Ruth is blown away. We come to 11 through 13. It's interesting now what Boaz says. And Boaz, 11 says, And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you've done for your mother-in-law since your death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and full reward to be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge." 
Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Interesting. Boaz had heard of her. Boaz had heard of her. Why? Was it by some divine revelation? No, it was a small town. It was a small town and people talk. People talk. But Ruth's treatment and devotion to Naomi had not gone unnoticed. And this is what I want to talk to you about for a minute. What you do to others, how you treat others, will not go unnoticed by others and by God. It will not go unnoticed. For what are you doing that for? If you're doing it for a reward, forget it. But if you're doing it out of love, it will not go unnoticed. Boaz noticed that she'd been kind to her mother-in-law, that she left her mom and dad. She was a foreigner. She came a long way. Boaz noticed that. This is so like our God. This is so like our God. In verse 10, Ruth fell on her face and said, why? Why? And God clearly says, because I know you. Because I know you. I've known you since your mother's womb. And I know you. I love that. God knows who we are. God knows us. In Romans, in Romans 8, verses 28 and 29, in Romans 8, Scripture says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these also he called. Whom he called, these also he justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And Paul is talking about you and me. God has called us. God knew you. God knows you. And in spite of me, God still loves me. Amazing. It's amazing. Ruth fell at her master's feet and submitted to his will. And she kept her eyes now focused on him. She kept her eyes focused on him. And there's a great, great verse that I love in Hebrews 12, verse 2. You've got to read 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, Therefore we, are also, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise God. Boaz, our type of Christ, was telling the Gentile Ruth to keep her eyes on him, keep her eyes on his field. And our Jesus is telling us to keep our eyes on him. Looking to Jesus. Why? He is the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. What was his joy? You. Me. Pleasing the Father. Doing exactly what he was told to do. You are the book of Ruth is a beautiful story of loyalty, redemption, and love. Both Ruth and Naomi lost people they deeply cared for, but still they chose to trust in the Lord's faithfulness, and God was faithful to provide just what they needed at just the right time. 
God is faithful still today, and He's working an incredible plan in your life. While you may only see the loss, He sees the beautiful future. Don't be afraid to trust Him and step forward in His plans for you. He will bring you to the exact place you need to be. We're so glad you joined us today to study the book of Ruth. If you missed any part of this teaching on Assure Hope, or if you'd like to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com today. Maybe today as you were listening, you found you have some questions about faith and maybe even about salvation. If that sounds like you, please visit our website and click on the Jesus tab to read all about the plan of salvation God set up long ago. It will answer some of your questions and explain how you can start a relationship with Jesus today. If you still have some questions or would like us to pray with you, please give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. We'd love to meet you, too. If you're in the area, join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. You can find directions and more information at assurehoperadio.com. That's all the time we have for today, but we hope you'll join us again right here on Assure Hope.